This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy DeCaro. We're a show that works to inspire and empower women in trucking, in the trades, and every profession. We tackle all kinds of topics and work to encourage women to be their very best with informative guests and women who've been champions. I'm Shelley. And I'm Kathy. No topic is not allowed on our rig. We tackle the tough topics along with the not-so-tough topics. And we like to feature experts, champions, and celebrities who can assist women in being the very best they can be. Nothing can be more confusing than an intimate relationship, especially when the man in the relationship just doesn't seem to get it. Getting along (laughs) or even lasting over the years can be a serious challenge. It's one that often frustrates many women when they just can't seem to communicate with their partner. Sometimes it all boils down to a man who's being intimidated by the woman in his life. Dr. Avram Weiss is an award-winning author, speaker, teacher, and consultant. He's an expert in psychotherapy. He's focused on understanding men and helping men and women gain a new understanding of each other. He is the author of the new book, Hidden in Plain Sight, How Men's Fears of Women Shape Their Intimate Relationships. We were intrigued, so we invited Dr. Weiss on the show. Welcome, Dr. Weiss. Thank you. I'm I'm glad to be here, and I want to uh, thank you particularly for having me on a show about women. I feel actually quite honored. Um, I, one of the nice surprises about this work is how women have been interested in it, and I really appreciate that. Well, you know, there seems to be so much confusion on how men think and women think. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, two, they two have, opposite polars or polar opposites. <laughs> sure. You know, decades ago, there was the book, um, what, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which puts us, what, light years away from being able to talk to each other. Yes. Uh, what is actually going on? And I find it interesting that men are intimidated by the woman in their yeah. life. Uh, you know, it's an it's an idea that I've been working with for over a decade now, and um, I get a very different response when I suggest this idea to men than I when I talk to women. When you talk to men, um, you get almost immediately they kind of bow up and puff up their chest because the idea that you know that you you suggested to any man that they're afraid of anything is immediately offensive. But to suggest to a man that he's afraid of a woman is about the most offensive thing. So. The original sorry, title yeah. wanted. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, that's funny. You're right. Yeah. Well, the, the original title I wanted for the book, but the publisher wouldn't go with. I wanted to call the book "Pussy Whipped." Oh my! Because I knew it would immediately communicate the message of the book to men, but um, that's not nice language. So we weren't. We didn't go with that. But sure. the women's reaction. So with men, they bow up at first, and then I swear to you, within a minute, every man I've ever talked to the sort of look crosses their faces. They're like, you know, that would kind of explain a lot. So men get it very quickly. Women mostly think I've lost my mind. Women mostly think that I'm just crazy because how could it be possible that the the sex that seems so powerful and in control and running things and privileged 
how could what would they have to be afraid of? Sure. And they're right in the external world, but they don't understand how frightened men are in the privacy of their own homes, which is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, there seems to be a disconnect in the bedroom. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, the, there seems to be a disconnect for a lot of couples, I guess, in the bedroom, and they don't express themselves well. Is it the fact that men don't want to talk about it? Are they afraid of their inadequacies? And why would they be afraid of a woman? Um, is it that they were afraid of their mom? I mean, where does this come from? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they, they sure were. And um, But let's let's talk about the bedroom since you brought it up. Uh -huh. um, it's one of the places where you can see men's fears of women most clearly. So stereotypically, we think of men as very self-centered, almost narcissistic lovers, uh, best embodied by uh, one guy I worked with who told me that he thought about sex as masturbation with a woman in the general vicinity. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> oh, so that's how we think about men. That's our stereotypes <laughs> of men. But it's interesting, actually, when you talk to men or you look at surveys about men, men will tell you that overwhelmingly they are preoccupied, not in a good way, but in a, an anxious way, or they are primarily during sex, thinking about their partner's pleasure, the mm -hmm. opposite of the stereotype. And unfortunately, that doesn't come from generosity. That comes from anxiety about inadequacy. So the reason men ask women whether they climax so often mm -hmm. is because it's like the grade at the it's like the grade at the end of the test. It's oh. really what they're asking am, am, I, am I okay? Do you still love me? Am I adequate as a man? And so for men, often sex, be, they become so preoccupied with wondering whether they are adequate that they largely lose track of their own pleasure. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And I don't think women necessarily perceive that. No, I think women, the part women know about is that it's annoying that their partner is like insanely preoccupied with whether or not they had an orgasm. But I don't think they understand why that is. Yeah, guys will say something like, did you, were you faking it? Right. <laughs> right. And, well, and, and they're, you know, it's the old saying, right? um, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Um, <laughs> men are not being paranoid when they ask that question, because of course women fake orgasms, because they feel this enormous pressure for reassurance and validation from men. So they're faking an orgasm. You know, I guess the benign interpretation is they want to be kind to their partner. And the less benign interpretation is just to get him to stop bothering her. <laughs> yeah, especially mm -hmm. after a long day. And if she's super exhausted, mm -hmm. you know, which I don't think a lot of men get, you know, it's honey, you know, women, it's the old statement, oh, honey, I have a headache, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, well, there's an easy cure for that, um, which I recommend to couples all the time. Now, now, your audience may be quite different because you're mostly talking to women who are working outside the home. Mm. But for, for couples in which one or the other of them is working at home, mm -hmm. as in childcare and not, not uh, online work, I always, and it's usually, of course, the woman who's at home. I usually suggest if the man doesn't appreciate, if he thinks he's working harder than the woman, and is insensitive to her exhaustion at the end of the day, taking care of toddlers, 
Mm. I suggest that the woman leave home for a weekend and leave the man to take care of the children. And I tell the women they are not allowed to make meals in advance. They are not allowed to schedule play dates. They are not allowed to call and check in and see how he's doing. And I tell the man he's not allowed to hire a babysitter or help. He's got to figure it out on his own. And it's always an extremely helpful exercise for couples because men obviously learn what is involved. And, you know, when I did this, I was very clear that I did not want to be a stay-at-home dad. And I enormously appreciated the work my wife was doing Mm -hmm. staying home, which I never really understood how it could consume every minute of a day but it does. Oh, yeah. You know, having uh, the the husband or, or the, the partner stay home for the weekend and, and take care of the little ones not having done that, that would actually be a movie. I mean, I could see yeah. it. Just yeah. Developing. yeah, it would be it would be a comedy, I think. Would oh, be. man. Yeah. 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 And what what the women learn in that and that when we're getting a little more um, into the depth of the matter um Women don't like to acknowledge this, but men will tell you very quickly that women pretty closely supervise their husband's parenting. They don't really leave them alone to work it out. They pretty much believe that the way they do things is the way to do things. And they're pretty Mm -hmm. much hovering over their dad and grading him on whether or not he's doing things the way she thinks he should. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. Yeah. So what happens is the mom goes away for a weekend is dad figures out his own way of doing things. You know, like I know how she gives the kids a bath. I think this would be easier. I'm going to I'm going to get in the tub with him or whatever he's going to do. Yeah. And he's less intimidated when she gets back because mostly men don't feel like they know how to take care of a kid. And if they're alone for a weekend, they figure it out. Sure. Well, but there's some men Mr. Mom with uh, yeah. Keaton. Keaton, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. Michael yeah. Keaton. <laughs> yeah. Right? I thought that was a perfect movie. Oh, yeah. The only letter to an editor I've ever written in my life was uh, my local paper ran a story about Mr. Mom. And I wrote to the paper and I said, that's incredibly offensive. Men taking care of their children are not babysitting or being substitute moms. They're being fathers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah very true that's right and that's super important it is because we know that kids are better off with two fully functioning parents yep and so if we if we make the man feel intimidated or insecure or disempowered the then the mom doesn't get a partner helping her out fully and the kids don't get a mom and a dad right that's very true yeah. So where are men intimidated by women? Uh, they, You said consciously they don't realize it, but what? I got an answer. Go ahead. Okay, go <laughs> my ahead. job. <laughs> okay. uh, my job. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Say more. When I, when I um, tell people or, or, you know, men when we're talking and say, oh, I'll give you an example, online dating, right? I've been single for four years. So I go on yeah. online dating and oh my God, if I post pictures of my job and the equipment that I run, yep. wow, you want to yep. scare men away? Yep. Right there. Right there. Right? What do you because think? What do you think they're scared I, of? Well, that and number one, um, 
I'm I'm a strong personality that um, I'm um, okay. I don't, I don't take shit. Right, not people. not intimidated. Right? right, not yeah, and that I'm uh, not control, not uh, controlling, but I, I'm just very strong personality wise, and it's almost in what's the word? Not emaciating. Uh, uh, it, it questions their own manhood sense of manhood yes. and, and i've had a few comments on, on these dating sites about that yep. right and i i think it's funny i'm like you got to be joking right <laughs> but what, what were the no, comments it, i'm curious what what did people say oh geez um yeah uh i don't think i could uh date a woman like you because it's 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 too challenging for for my own personality or wow. things like that like yeah wow. i know right i mean well, that says a lot about you to begin with right <laughs> well i would say to you that you dodged a bullet there yeah no kidding yeah, you know? yeah. it's just a job right no well i mean thank <laughs> thank you for letting me know how anxious and insecure you are because i don't think you'd be someone i'd want to spend the rest of my life with anyway right exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, it's it's <laughs> well i think i can explain that to you um there's there's a concept called fragile masculinity which is getting a lot of press these days. And what it basically means is when the two of you were born and you were a little girl, I, I doubt if you in any way questioned yourself as a woman. I don't think you felt like you had to do something to prove that you're a woman. You're just born a girl. You expected to become a woman and didn't think there was something you were going to have to do to prove to be a woman. Right. Yeah. For boys, it's really different. Boys from a very early age, are taught that to be a man, they have to prove themselves to be a man. And mm. the primary way that you prove yourself to be a man is not by being certain things, but not being certain things. And those things that you're not allowed to be are feminine in any way, shape, or form. Mm. And they're told you're boys right. don't cry. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So the the dilemma for boys and then men is that the things that they're not supposed to be include close to another boy, um, emotional, vulnerable. Most of the good things that they got from their mom. Mm -hmm. And then they're put in a position of always having to make sure, you know, it's like how gay men decades ago, probably not so much now, used to have to always watch the way they sat and how they held the cup and this, that, and how they spoke to make sure that no nothing about them looked gay. Right. That's how all men feel all the time about anything that might look feminine. So you're driving a big rig, the biggest rig, mm -hmm. um, is threatening to them because from a stereotypical cultural perspective, they're worried that that makes them look less masculine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah. it's terribly sad for men because, um, well, I'll, I'll tell you a, a story. When, when I was in high school, I had my first really close guy friend. You know, the kind of, you know, stay up for hours talking and we could talk about anything. And one night I drove him home and I parked in front of his house and we we're talking, talking, talking. And so eventually I just turned the car off, but I'm not really parked. I'm sort of in the middle of the street because I thought I was just going to drop him off. So a cop comes up behind us, hits us with the searchlight and, and arrests us. 
Oh, right? no. Oh, we're wow. sitting in front of my friend's house. And he says, well, wait, why don't you just go ring the doorbell? No, nope, we're taking you down to the station. So they take us down to the station. I don't know what the charges were, but they make our parents come and get us. It took me decades to understand that the reason they were arresting us is they could not imagine the possibility that two men were sitting in a car talking. That mm. we, we must be either having sex or using drugs. Okay. We we must be yes. up to no good. Uh, they, they wow. Imagine yeah. two guys sitting in a car and just talking. It does seem to be that men are not as, well, they aren't as verbal as women. I think women talk a lot more than men do. We mm -hmm. talk things out. Men don't necessarily do that. When you have they a don't conversation. do it with you. Yeah. I mean, there's like this divide. This You're talking to a man, and as I've read, they want to fix things. When you bring something up, they want to fix it. They don't yeah. necessarily want to let you vent. It's the um, same. It's the same issue. Uh, because men are taught that they don't really have value as a human being other than the functions they serve. It's not who you are. It's what you do. So mm -hmm. being a provider and solving problems are ways that men are taught to feel good about themselves. And so if you don't want them to solve the problem, you're telling them that you don't think they're capable of solving the problem, which means that they're not really adequate as a man. Okay. So that's why men can often get rather defensive yeah. when a, a woman comes home and starts yeah. telling about her day and basically wanting to talk about a conflict or something that she's dealing with. Yep. Um, and then the and woman it, walks away disgusted because she doesn't feel she's being listened exactly, to. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the bit about men not talking as much, um, turns out that's really only true when men are with women. Because I started running therapy groups just for men over a decade ago. And the biggest learning for me is that how much more open men are in a room with just men than they are in mixed company. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Big surprise to me. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. You know, I think I realized early that guys were afraid of girls. I was just a kid at the time. I remember in eighth grade going roller skating and it was a guy-girl skate. And uh -huh. the guys were on one side of the rink and the girls were on the other. And the guys were kind of like hanging onto the walls like we were some yep. sort of really big monsters. They were afraid to come over and say, hey, will you skate yes. with me? And yes. I remember at the time thinking, what a bunch of chickens. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, excuse me, but how many times in your life have you asked a guy out? Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so it's terrifying. Yeah. Any man will tell you. Um, it, it sort of gets down to, I don't want to be indelicate here, but it gets down to basic biology. 
Uh, when men are sexually aroused, it's visible, if that's a discreet enough way to say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So girls can see when men are aroused, which is um, intimidating. You can't sure. you can't be cool and like this doesn't matter to me when it's very obvious what's going on. And that's that's a vulnerable experience. Sure. I think in that particular case, I just went over and, and skated across the rink and, and asked some guy to skate with me because I thought, well, I'm not waiting around for this. Well, that, was, that was very kind of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the heck with this. I'm going for it. Right. And, yeah. uh, I, it's really important what you're saying, because I think what happens in a lot of relationships is that when men get scared and withdraw, women get angry because they sort of think it's aimed at them personally, you know, like he's being withholding. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a great if I can read you a quote from a woman uh, who was in a workshop I did with men and women together. Mm-hmm. She wrote, sure. I, uh, this is a quote from her. I understand that my husband has not been ignoring, dismissing or hurting me out of a lack of respect, as I suspected, but that he's scared, scared to hurt me, scared to mess up with me, scared to not be enough. I had honestly never imagined that he was scared and that I was so profoundly important to him that he was constantly terrified I would leave him. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So do you think that a lot of men are maybe afraid of strong, powerful women? Women are evolving more in the workplace. Um, They have more powerful jobs today. Is that causing chaos at home? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Because the balance has always been that women were more competent and more comfortable at home and men were more competent and comfortable at work. And now men don't even feel more competent and capable at work. And so um, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I just was just working on this before our talk. Um, Being male is the largest single risk factor for early mortality. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Is that physiological? Uh, it it probably is in this in this sense. Um, again, I'm not an expert in this, but um, we're looking more and more about how the stresses that men experience physiologically change their genes and lead to a shorter life. But okay. but outside of that, men are dying of what we call deaths of despair. So uh, things like being incarcerated, being addicted being involved in accidents, um, all suicide are all things that the number of men outweigh, you know, disproportionately more men than women. And these all come from the fears that we're talking about today. Interesting. So what are some of the fears that you've identified? I find it interesting that I'm still trying to wrap my head around Uh a man actually being secretly fearful of the woman he's involved with. I can give you a very simple everyday example. Mm-hmm. A guy's at work and after work, a couple of guys come up to him and they say, hey, uh, we're going to go out and get some beers after work and watch the hockey game. You want to join us? What do you think is the first, the man's first thought? And I can almost guarantee you 90% of men know the answer to this question immediately. But I don't know if you do. What do you think is the man's first thought? Will my wife or girlfriend? You, you got it. it. You got it. Before he even 
is able to tell whether or not he wants to do it. Mm -hmm. He's worried that he'll get in trouble with her. And mind you, that happens when when women hear this. They're like, wait a minute. I, I never told you not to go out with the guys. In fact, I wish you would go out with the guys more and make some friends and quit bugging me all the time. I wish you would have a life. So even when the woman is not, mm-hmm. you know, harping at him or nagging him or anything like that, the the first thought is to make sure he doesn't disappoint or displease his partner. That's a very small everyday example okay. of how these fears live. So other fears include men are afraid of women's emotions because men are not taught to be as emotionally comfortable or fluid And so when they get in an argument with a woman, they feel like they're in a fight with one hand tied behind their back. They don't really understand how to engage with someone else in a very emotionally charged way. So they try to keep the emotion out of the situation by insisting that women are being hysterical and too emotional, and they try to get women to be less emotional. But what we misunderstand about that is we think that's men trying to control women That's men trying to control themselves. That's men trying to manage how flooded they are with emotion in a conflict with their partner. Okay. Hmm. Are you seeing more fears of women since women have been working outside the home and getting much more powerful positions as as they work their way through their career? Uh, Was this as obvious when women stayed at home? I think it's always been true, but it wasn't as obvious. I think okay. that because men had sort of work to prop up their self-esteem, mm-hmm. uh, you know, work was a place where you didn't have to be afraid of women, where you pretty much were in charge and not threatened or challenged. But now that's not true in work anymore. I, I remember uh, the time when I was a kid. So m- my dad was a teacher, which means he didn't make a lot of money. And my mom was an attorney, which means she could make a lot of money. But my mom never worked outside the home. So we lived, you know, without without enough. And because it's very hard to raise a family of five on a teacher's salary. Right. So I remember the time that my mom went back to work uh, at, as an attorney and was, of course, immediately making far more money than my dad. And I remember my dad being upset about it mm-hmm. and thinking at the time, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, how could you be upset about this? We're going to more than double the family income without you having to do anything more. And it just was, I was clueless. I didn't understand how that could bother him. Mm -hmm. A lot of people would say it's the male ego. Well, you know, his male ego was getting in the way of uh, me getting a new bike that year. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like knock it off already. It was not. It was certainly not in the family's best interest for him to be threatened by that. And Mm -hmm. and also, I would say, by the way, that it wasn't in my mother's best interest, because I think my mom was primarily very unhappy because I mean, my mom, you know, when uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, they had all these movies and shows that came out about how what a groundbreaker she was, one of the first women in law. My mom went to law school before Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Wow. So she was a yeah. pioneer. And then she had, had kids and moved. She had kids and moved and became a stay-at-home mom in the suburbs, mm-hmm. which was not good for her. So she was frustrated with her choices, uh, looking at what could have been, 
what yeah. should have been that kind of thing going on in her head. Yeah. So that would create some resentments when she oh, was communicating. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not sure, you know, if she's dead a long time, but I can't answer. But I'm not sure she even, I suspect she didn't think she had a choice. I don't think she thought about it as a choice. Mm-hmm. I don't think she really had an idea that there was a choice. Women were, in previous decades, pretty much expected to get married, even if they went to college, even if they had a career. Oh, yeah. You were expected to get married and have at least one child. Oh, yeah. It was just the expectation. And women were treated as if they were inadequate. Why yep. aren't you married? Are you a spinster? Yep. That nasty word. Or, oh, you, you don't want to be a mom? You know, yep. This kind of stuff. Yep. You know, you're, you're describing this in past tense, and I, I would like to say I wish that were true, but I, I'm not sure particularly what part of the country you're in. Um, that That's still true in places. Is it? Uh, sure. Would you say it's less yes. common today? Okay. Yes, I would. Mm-hmm. But I think there are st- still a lot of young women out there who feel a great deal of pressure to conform with certain social norms, even sure. if those norms don't line up with uh, who they are right. and what they might really like to do. I think that's still quite difficult for young women. But then there are guys today who <laughs> they don't seem to be interested in commitment. I don't know. Is this part of the fear? <laughs> it absolutely is. And and it's um, I'm glad you brought that up because that's certainly something that everyone understands. It's it's a real um, paradox because men are the ones who act as if they don't want to get in a committed relationship. I'll tell you a funny story. A dear friend of mine in graduate school was getting ready to marry his very long term girlfriend and they were had been a couple forever. And he went to talk to his father to tell him that he was thinking about getting married. And this is a true story. His father said to him, son, marriage is an institution. If you want to spend the rest of your life in an institution, go right ahead. So that I was- have heard that statement before. <laughs> yes. oh, it's the only time I've heard it. Yeah. So, the, so we act as if marriage was something that women want and mm-hmm. men don't. And that women sort of have to coerce and pressure and even manipulate men into getting married. Yeah. But that is clearly not true because when couples break up or divorce, who gets back together with somebody faster, men or women? Men. And By it, far. Yeah. And, and men tend to remarry after if their yes. wife dies. So if it's if marriage is so bad for men, how come men are so quick to remarry? Yeah. In fact, all the research says that married women, well, let me do it the other way. Single women are happier, healthier, and wealthier than married women. And married men are sing- are happier, healthier, and happier than single men. So marriage works overwhelmingly better for men than it uh-huh. does for women. And I've, in I've... fact, two-thirds of divorces are initiated by women. I've heard women uh, lose half the workload when they um, are single. <laughs> yeah, sure well, I've heard we, that stated. Yeah, because I, I think that in men, in many homes, the the household responsibilities fall most mostly on the women. The you know the thing that drives me crazy to hear is when men talk about helping. Mm-hmm. So, like uh, you know, if if you took that attitude at work 
and uh, you know, you only only helped. I don't think you'd have a job very long. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, there seems to be a lack of initiative. You know, it's more than just taking out the garbage, honey. You know. Right. <laughs> it, it's not. An, it's not a lack of initiative. It's. It's. They don't. They don't. Um, they really don't know how to partner with someone. They really don't know. And again, that's where the going away for the weekend helps, because mm-hmm. they they get less intimidated and figure out their own way to be involved and do things, which usually carries over after the weekend. Sure. So it's a matter of leaving them to their own devices so they can get a real feel for what it's really like on their own when their wife isn't around. They can appreciate what she's really doing. And then they're more helpful. Makes sense. Because they have an appreciation. It's a matter of walking a day in somebody else's shoes. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. I had a question here. Uh-huh. There's so many hookup sites today. Oh yeah. And is that is the prevalence of that men's real fear of getting involved with a woman because they're fearful they just rather, you know, have a one night stand, call it good and move on. Um that's an interesting question. I don't really find that men are any more satisfied by that than women are. But I think they don't feel very confident of their ability to forge a long-term committed relationship. And so the, as you say, the one night hookups are sort of temporarily soothing their loneliness and their fears of inadequacy but I don't think they're very satisfying for men either. The, other than a small portion of people who are just not ready to be in an intimate relationship. And that's the closest they're going to get. Mm-hmm. And I think men often think intimacy, they think the word intimate means sexual intimacy. An intimate relationship is a whole lot more than sex. I mean, when you think about sex, what is that? 10 percent? Uh, that's all the 90 percent of the time you need to be able to talk to that person do all kinds of things besides rom the bed. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think the way I would say it is that, you know, in a relationship that's going well, sex is not the overwhelming important thing. But of course, in a relationship that's not going well, sex is is overwhelmingly important. Mm -hmm. I think sex is is sort of like, uh, in a sense, it's the cartilage in your knee, you know, which means that as your knee moves, you don't have extreme pain. Um, sex sort of keeps people connected with each other on deeper levels. That makes sense. Yeah. So what are your thoughts, Kathy? Are you in agreement on all of this too? Um, oh, yeah. But I mean, um, gosh, I just got out of an eight year marriage and, um, no, I both not just got out. I've been single for four years 
And I've decided to stay single, not because it was a bad marriage. It was great. We had a wonderful relationship. Um, but when, when, when it comes to communication, I think, uh, I'm, I'm a Gemini. I, I can communicate very easily, um, lots, <laughs> thus being a co-host on a show, but yeah. it's not so easy communicating with men. I find maybe it's because I've had a lifetime of trauma, uh, involving like you know some very violent men yeah. and so my personal struggle still stems from that um, I was lucky enough to be able to have a big bear of a man who was about as gentle as they come so and he was with me from the beginning of recovery when I when I you know first kind of was trying to regroup and so he he was served as my training ground sort of thing yeah. he he showed me how I could talk, I could communicate with a man and not just on a superficial mm -hmm. level. But now heading into, say, a new relationship, I'm a different person, but I still have like, oh, God, you know, that, that internal struggle of being able to communicate what I really want to communicate. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's for me. I don't know. Maybe it's for a lot of women coming out of domestic violence. I mean, I had years of it's such violence such um horrific things happen to me that i'm still very standoffish i mean trauma doesn't go away overnight and even though sure. it's been since 2007 yeah my, my immediate thought when i want to even at work it's so stupid even when i i want to say something because i mean there's only what six or maybe eight of us at work eight women and there's 170 men and um, I have to, you know, I, I'm I'm a leader at work, so I need to to say something. Well, I still, in the back of my mind, still think if I say it in the wrong way, am I going to get a violent response, right? <laughs> so I'm searching at wording it properly, right? Yep. And and I don't feel that I'm I'm a hundred percent. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm still holding back. Yeah, I I um when you say I'm a little standoffish, I don't think that's quite fair to you. I think you're being cautious. Cautious? Cautious, and, yeah. And, you, and you, of course, <laughs> you have every right to be. It would be kind of, it would be odd if you weren't being cautious. I think being cautious yeah. is a very reasonable way to be. And most intimate relationships build slowly over time. Mm -hmm. Not, not you know, not rapidly. Because it takes time to get to know somebody, and and oh yeah, um, you know it's it it goes better when you give it as much time as it needs, mm -hmm. which makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you say men's fears of women in an intimate relationship can that also affect the dynamics of them relating to women in the workplace? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think again. Um, men are socialized to um, not not think of themselves as someone who takes orders from a woman. And so to do that is really an adjustment for most men, whether she's more competent, older, more experienced, whatever. It's usually an adjustment for most men. And I think women quite often will encounter if, if they're offering some sort of honest assessment of something that's been done at work yeah. and it is something that the guy did they get what um, other guys call butt hurt it's like 
you know, they get all upset about it. It's like, well, why did you ask my opinion then? I mean, huh. this <laughs> what needs to be done? <laughs> we, yeah. not, you know, we're, we're yeah. not duking it out here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So is that part of the fear and, and the hanging on to the masculinity? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, we're we're operating with very different men and women tend to think about situations quite differently. And a lot of times it's like we're speaking different languages. And I think in good, healthy relationships, people learn about how each other think about things. And one of the things that's happened with the book, which I never thought about, but I really like, is a number of couples have told me, that they're reading the book together, meaning that they read one Ooh. chapter at a time and then they stop and talk about the chapter before going on to the next chapter. And that's really good. Yes, I really is. like that. I think women are yeah. so curious. Men are so opaque and hidden to women. They are. They're a I mystery. Think, they really yeah, are a big yeah. mystery. I thought yeah. they were in second grade, though, because I couldn't understand why boys kept doing some of the same things over and over. It's like it hurts when you do that. Why do you keep right. doing that? <laughs> well, I think I think they're not trying to be hidden from you. But they're sort of raised to not talk about things. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. I don't think, yeah. I don't think they're yeah. withholding or not telling you. I think they don't know. Yeah, because I remember, you know, when I first started dating and it, it was like this mysterious game. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And it was really unsettling. It's like, what's yeah. wrong with me? Was my hair funny? Did I did I have something in yeah. my teeth? Right. Why, why, right. why didn't he call me back? Or why isn't he calling me? You know, because, because right. he, was he didn't call you back. He really wanted to call you back, but he was afraid that if he called you back too soon, that you would think he was weak. Interesting. So it's this little huh. dance. Yeah. It is a dance. You're right. That's well said. You're right. Well, I hope, I mean, I think in, in happy couples, they get past the dance mm -hmm. and they stop playing games like that and they get interested in learning about, you know, who they really are. Instead of playing catch me, catch me, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, let's sit down and be adults about yeah. this. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a great example. Um, my wife was an only child. And um, there are often things that happen around the house that I initially think are her being really inconsiderate, you know, like she'll leave the, the dishes in the sink, that kind of thing that everybody deals with. And then I very quickly remember, oh, she's, you know, this is the first time she's lived with a partner. You know, it's like she, a lot of that stuff I learned having sisters, right? you know, fighting yeah. with my yeah. sisters over, you didn't put your stuff away. Sure. And she never had that. She never had anybody to work that stuff out with. And so her sort of unconscious instincts are those of someone who was an only child. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's an example of instead of just being aggravated with someone of really trying to understand, I wonder why, you know, she's not an insensitive jerk. So why has she not put the dishes away? And I think I understand more about that now. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors, coming up. Industry Movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com.
Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. So your book actually both men and women could get something out of. And, Absolutely. And they can you could probably apply these dynamics to a lot of different levels of relationships, not just yeah. intimate. Um, yeah, the last three chapters of the book are work that men can do, work that women can do, and work that couples can do. Mm-hmm. So it, is, it is designed for women as much as for men, and it's designed to be helpful in practical ways. Like, I think it it will make a difference in your relationship if you read the book together. And women who are always dying to understand what's really going on with men will learn a hell of a lot more about what's... And it's helpful to the men because the men say things like, yeah, that's me. Chapter three, right there. That's how I am. Mm-hmm. You know, it helps them to be able to mm-hmm. articulate what they've been having a hard time saying. Yeah, because I can't yeah. tell you how many men have, have basically regarded women as a mystery. You yeah. Know, like, like we're this emotional powder keg or exactly. something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. But, but listen to the word powder keg. So, yeah. it, you know, kind of lets you know that men are scared if they use words like powder keg. Right. You know, powder kegs blow up. Well, Her- I have I have red hair and I've had more than one man say, do you have a temper? <laughs> First thing out of their mouth, do you got a temper? Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay. But, you know, the roots in my head from my hair don't impact my personality right. or my right. disposition. <laughs> but they're asking <sighs> because they're terrified of angry women. And so they're yeah. looking, and they're looking at- for trouble. Redheads have this reputation somehow that they have tempers and we have fiery dispositions, you know? Yeah. Men men are just frozen with fear when women are angry. (laughs) Wow. So we have more power than we really think we have. Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad you said that. That is absolutely true. Again, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. you (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's another layer of this, which is, you know, a little controversial, but you guys don't seem to mind. I've been asking women for the last few years, and I'll ask you, what did you learn from your mothers about men? Not so much, I mean, partly in words, but mostly from how they treated your dad. What, What were you taught? by your mother and other women about men? Oh, I from my perspective, uh, men are, are uh, dis, distrustful, are yep. violent, are yep. conniving, are uh, tricky. Uh, they just play games. They just want you in the sack. Yeah, <laughs> can't know? rely on there them. Was not, yeah. No, there was nothing positive about it. Well, I mean, my dad left, my real dad left when I was six months old, abandoned mom and that, my two sisters, so mm-hmm. three of us. Sex, my stepfather was extremely crazy, psychopathic, violent. Um, and then she started drinking. And so whatever men that were coming, you know, into our life was yeah. not good. So there was nothing. And even the way she would talk about my uncles and stuff, there was nothing good or positive. So I already had a negative viewpoint on men growing up. Right. And not yeah. to mention being raped and all this stuff. So I've already, mm-hmm. you know, at a very young age. So I was. Yeah already starting off on the wrong foot with a, uh-huh. with a bad impression right yeah. so yeah in my case um my dad was older than my mom by about 10 years and they had me uh well i was kind of the surprise baby so uh-huh. <laughs> they had me, <laughs> me <later> too <laughs> we got something in common very cool yeah. but uh when i was 
thinking about dating, my mother would say, you know, you need to watch guys. I mean, they're yeah. they're thinking of one thing. That's right. Uh, and I mean, she really pounded that into my head. You know, the right. men are just oversexed and yada, yada. And you really have to be very selective um, and see how they treat their mothers. If they treat their mothers well, they'll, they'll treat you well, which I think ha that has some validity yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah. And of course, my dad didn't trust men either. I mean, he was he was I remember him saying, remember, a guy will buy you a Coke and then try to squeeze it out of you. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, OK, dad. <laughs> yeah. So, so does it make sense to both of you? So you're, you're describing very similar things. And that's what I hear from women all the time. Does mm -hmm. it make sense to you that men on some level know that's true? that they can yeah. feel. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so then that helps you understand why men are frightened. Um, the word I hear most often from men is criticized. The thing mm -hmm. they talk about the most often is they feel criticized, which never made sense. Sometimes I would be with a couple and the guy would say, see, she just criticized me. And I'd be like, yeah, I don't really see that as critical. I don't quite get <laughs> But now that I understand what how women are raised and and the subtle disrespect and disdain for men that women are often taught, then I understand why men feel criticized, because I think even if it's not overt, even if it's not out loud, it's between the lines mm -hmm. and they are accurately feeling the disrespect from women. So for a couple, for a heterosexual couple to be close Women have to learn to get past that criticism and disdain, and men have to learn to get past the fear. Interesting. But it didn't come out of thin air. You know, the, what you described about your moms and what you were taught, that shows up in your relationships. My mother also said, you know, man should be a good provider. Of course, that was that was her her thought. <laughs> I mean, this is um, that was important. Yeah. Um, you know, what, mm -hmm. what does he do for a living? And uh, right. Of course, that's basic survival. You have to have somebody mm -hmm. that's going to contribute as a team member. And right. unless but, you're independently wealthy, like my mom said, you need to have somebody who can earn a, a good living. Well, of course, that was true for your mom, but now women can provide for themselves. So that sure. changed that dynamic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In my mom's case, she actually had a really good job with the federal government when she married my dad. And I think she always had a resentment that she quit that job, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, yeah like my mom yeah mm -hmm. exactly yeah and she actually i guess when when they were first married for about a year she wasn't working and then she went and got a job my father was so insulted he's like you oh, know, i can provide for you <laughs> but she she wanted to be doing something you know i mean that's so sad to me that your dad and my dad's response was to feel threatened yeah. you know they they should have felt relieved like oh yeah. my god i won't have to handle this all by myself anymore but yet my father didn't feel that way with his daughters i mean i was taught i could pretty much do anything i, I wanted to do uh-huh um, so, so he was very liberated that way yeah yeah good for him but a different dynamic i think with with my mom in, in an sure. intimate relationship yep yep so it's interesting how men can have different philosophies um <laughs> in different situations or something. oh yeah absolutely Yep. So where do people find your book? This is just fascinating. And can people reach this out to you? This has been so interesting. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, there are two ways. I mean, it's on Amazon. You can look it up on Amazon. But you can also, better than that, if you um, 
right? If you go to my website, which is avramweissphd.com, which is A-V-R-U-M-W-E-I-S-S-P-H-D.com, you can sign up for my mailing list, which will do two things. One is you will get a free ebook about relationships. And you will also get, I write um, for psychology today and have 2 million views on the articles I write. So you'll get a copy of every article I write, which are almost always about relationships. You'll get the free ebook and you'll see there where to buy the book as well. This is awesome. Oh, do nice. you work, do you work with couples remotely in yes. private practice? Okay. I do. All my work. I actually live on an island in Penobscot Bay in Maine. So oh, all my work is remote. <laughs> I'm a long way away. <laughs> from yeah, I'm in a little cottage right now, right behind my house. It's very cozy. And this is where I work. Oh, wonderful. Nice. What is your website again? It's Avram Weiss, PhD, A-V-R-U-M, Weiss, W-E-I-S-S, PhD.com. Excellent. This has been fascinating. And you've really opened up my eyes in terms oh, of- Oh, good. I've enjoyed talking with oh. both of you. Thank you. Yeah, this was absolutely wonderful. And I, this is fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing yeah. I'll say, I, I pride myself on, um, you know, some people get a little big for their britches and they stop talking to people. I, I have never received an email I didn't reply to. So if you have questions, you're welcome to email me. You can do that through the website and I will respond. Okay. Wonderful. wonderful. That's great to know. And your book is Hidden in Plain Sight. How Men's Fears of Women Shape Their Intimate Relationships. Yep. Thank you so much, Dr. Weiss. I appreciate you Thank being you. on the show. Good talking to both of you. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at tncradio.live. Thank you for listening to another great interview on TNCRadio.live. And don't forget, be sure to subscribe to our podcast of Women Road Warriors. It's free. All of the material you hear on TNCRadio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of TNCRadio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at TNCRadio.live.